I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Q&A, our regular podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Jha, the editor, views of the newspaper. The disengagement process between India and China in eastern Ladakh across friction points has hit a roadblock. China has not stepped back from its current position in Pangongso, in the Depsang Plains, and it has not fulfilled its commitment to disengage fully from Hot Springs and Gogra. These are all friction points in eastern Ladakh. In this edition of Q&A, I'd like to look at the situation in eastern Ladakh, the five strategies India has adopted to quell the Chinese incursion, the larger geopolitical climate, and India's options now. To begin with, what's happening in eastern Ladakh? India and China have a long, contested border. There is a line of actual control, but there isn't a mutual agreement about the line of actual control. A border agreement in 1996 between India and China said that both countries should attempt to arrive at a mutual understanding of the alignment of the LAC. India has consistently sought to pressure China into agreeing to this. However, China has kept up the ambiguity. And it has kept up the ambiguity because this suits China's attempts to often intrude into territory that is Indian, that India considers on its side of the LAC to change the facts on the ground. This has been increasingly happening over the past decade particularly. And in April this year, China stepped in, did a massive military build-up, and then came into territory that was Indian at several points in eastern Ladakh. The striking thing was that it also came into territory and claimed as its own, claimed sovereign jurisdiction over areas that has for decades been uncontested, such as Galwan. We know that on June 15th, there was a brutal clash in Galwan that left 20 Indian soldiers dead and an unconfirmed number of Chinese People's Liberation Army personnel dead. Since then, there have been diplomatic talks, military talks, and both sides agreed to start disengaging and eventually de-escalate. The difference between disengagement and de-escalation is that the first step of disengagement requires both sides to pull back. And de-escalation would mean scaling down the military buildup that the Chinese first engaged in and that India has now matched. This second step is, of course, a distant proposition because the first step itself has now hit a roadblock. The Chinese are still present in Pangongso, where India had been going up to finger eight, but now the Chinese have come up to finger four in other areas such as Debsang and hot springs and Gogra. 
What are the five strategies that India adopted to quell this Chinese incursion? The first strategy was underplaying the scale of the incursion. It can be argued that the government made a mistake in April, May and early June in not telling the country transparently that this is what had happened. But to some extent it is understandable because the Indian strategy was to underplay the incursion, keep the public glare away from the border and give the Chinese a face saver to move back. When an issue becomes public, when positions publicly harden on both sides, this room for diplomatic and military pullback becomes difficult. This strategy, however, did not work as the Chinese kept up the presence and as we saw in Galwan. The second strategy India adopted was to tell the Chinese that this standoff at the LAC will have implications for the broader relationship. It will lead to economic costs for China. In that backdrop, India banned 59 Chinese mobile apps. It banned Chinese firms from engaging in highway contracts and other infrastructure projects in India. It has now come up with rules which cite national security and defense in terms of public procurement projects and contracts that are given to countries which share a land border with India. This is particularly targeted at China. There has been clear signaling that the 5G contract to Huawei is now in jeopardy. And there is a message that has gone within the government and to the private sector to reduce interdependence and linkages with China. This message was heard in China. It has been noted, but it has not led to a change in Chinese behavior. The third strategy was military. India engaged in a military buildup to match the Chinese buildup. India also engaged in what can be considered a robust military response in Galwan. In the process, it inflicted costs on the Chinese, but it also incurred costs, as we saw in the death of 20 armed Indian personnel. The fourth strategy that India adopted was to cement international partnerships, to point out that Chinese aggression at the LEC was linked to Chinese aggression elsewhere in the world. And this has been a particularly assertive phase of Chinese foreign policy. This strategy has generated pressure on China. It has led to international mobilization of opinion against Chinese assertion. But this too has not led to a change in Chinese conduct. The fifth strategy was diplomatic and military talks. These talks had yielded an agreement to disengage, but clearly they have not yielded the desired results as we saw in this attempt by the Chinese to stick to status quo of now and not revert to status quo of April, which is what the Indian side is demanding. What is the broader geopolitical climate in the backdrop of which this tension is happening? We have seen an increasing rift between the United States and China. If it was Richard Nixon who in the early 70s made a breakthrough with China by visiting Beijing, it is the Donald Trump administration which has now laid out a clear red line, blamed the aggression of the Chinese Communist Party across the world and made it clear that it is time to contain 
and restrain Chinese behavior. This is good news for India because there is now recognition internationally that China is an irresponsible actor. Stories about its peaceful rise were greatly exaggerated. But it also inaugurates a new era of geopolitical tension of which India will be a frontline state because India is right next to China and shares this contested border. What then are India's options now? Among the five strategies that India adopted, there is now no point in underplaying the tension. There is Chinese incursion. There is a rift. China has not pulled back. This fact has to be clearly recognized by government, both privately and publicly. And we have seen increasing statements from the Indian government, which is based on the recognition of this fact. But the other four strategies that India has adopted need to be intensified. India needs to continue telling China that it will pay economic costs if it continues with its belligerence. India, remember, is a large market and China will have to think twice about whether it does want to lose out on lucrative contracts, projects and this huge market. India will have to continue cementing international partnerships. As the geopolitical climate evolves, India will have to become a part, a more active part of this broader coalition to restrain Chinese behavior because the costs of Chinese aggression will be borne directly by India. India will have to be militarily prepared. The military buildup in eastern Ladakh is necessary. So is the signaling to China that India is not just going to lie over and accept what the Chinese have done. Losing territory is not an option. The final strategy of talks must persist too. For diplomacy needs to be a sustained process, a continuous process. Beijing needs to be directly told that status quo of April has to be restored if the relationship has to come back on track. The continued tension between India and China will mark a significant shift in both geopolitics of the region as well as geopolitics of the global order. China has made its intent clear and in foreign policy, intentions and capabilities both are significant. It has also made its capabilities apparent with its massive military buildup. India has no choice and it must stand up to China, use all the diplomatic, military, political tools it has and quell the Chinese incursion. This will be a long and tough year in Ladakh. India and Indians have to be prepared. This brings us to the end of this edition of Q&A. If you have questions for us, if there are issues you would like us to engage with, please do write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. Please do follow us on all our social media accounts on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at HT Smartcasts. Till next week, stay safe. Thank you. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast. 
I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.